0: Good morning. So much love in the room. So much love. You guys are in for a real treat this morning. Our very own Aaron Amos Mackey will be sharing God's word today. Yes. And if you do not know Aaron, you're about to be extremely blessed Erin uh, is our pastoral resident here at Hope, and she's finishing her MDiv this fall. Come on. Woo! She's going to be a pretty educated woman in the house. And uh, one of my favorite parts of my job so far has been that I've actually been able to just meet with Erin and hear her story and see her gifts come alive and she is incredibly gifted. She's leading our young adult ministry, which you heard is having a movie night here on Tuesday and entering into those relationships. She's also such a servant leader to our church. There's so many things that you guys do not see that Erin puts into motion for us, right? Our addicts have never been more clean and organized, yes. our 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 files have never been more organized and decluttered. Uh, and then and then one of the other things that I, I really appreciate is Erin sets this this space for Sunday mornings. She makes sure the lights are on, the papers are printed. and And so there's so many things in her servant leadership that bless our church. But I also believe that Erin has a huge teaching. Ministry and gift. And so Erin, as you come up to stage this morning, let's welcome her and get prepared to hear God's word.
1: Thank you. You I'm hot. All right. Good morning, everybody. Oh, it's so good to be here with you. and it's always good. I love coming to church. And it's just extra special when I have the opportunity to speak. And as Liz mentioned, my name is Erin Amos-Mackey, and I have a story to tell. I don't know about you, but I love getting lost in a good story. Seeing life through someone else's eyes, being able to escape from my own life for a while, I think the best stories start with pain and turmoil. Then there's like this climactic moment when you aren't sure if the hero or heroine will survive. But then it ends like with a happy ending. Especially when read in a book or seen on a movie screen. They begin and end relatively quickly. And we like other people's stories because it removes us from our own. Because when you find yourself in the middle of a horrible story of your own, it can feel like it may never end, and you can find yourself wishing for a different story, perhaps wishing that you're a different person, different character in your story. Well, here at Hope, we are in a series, we are traveling through the book of Luke, where Luke is telling Jesus' story. We're looking at and seeing how Jesus is for everyone. Last week, Doug spoke about the power of story. And he portrayed a hypothetical first-person narrative of the leper from Luke 5. If you haven't had a chance to hear it, I encourage you to go to our website and listen. But fret not, today we are looking once more at that story, but through a different lens. So, Luke 5, 12 through 13 reads, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. We're gonna unpack this story more in depth later, but first I will share some of my story. But before I begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for loving us so deeply. Holy Spirit, I ask that you make your presence known to us today as you move in the hearts and minds of all those present in this room, all those listening online, and all those who will be listening later. I join with Paul and ask that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father, may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so my story begins in October of 2009. It was the day I had to choose between getting a hotel for myself or for getting a hotel for the girlfriend that was moving in. So many thoughts whirled through my head that day as my life was on the precipice of change. Do I leave everything, including my children, and start a new life on my own? Or do I tell my parents what's going on and ask them to help me and my children out? While I pondered these future possibilities, I opted to get a hotel for myself. That is, until my parents came into town the very next day to celebrate my oldest child's third birthday. It was on the last day of my parents' planned visit when I finally broke down in a Denny's and let them know what was happening. My loving parents sprang into action and helped me escape from what I thought was a four-year-long relationship in which I incurred some abuse. At the time I escaped, I knew how I had experienced some abuse. Physical and sexual abuse are fairly obvious. But I didn't know exactly how extensive the abuse ran Shortly after I left, I did try to seek counsel, counseling, but was sadly met with shame. So I focused on surviving, going to school, and taking care of my kids. At one point, I was invited to church by my then Mary Kay director. During the service, I felt led to walk down at the altar call and re-give my life to Christ. I was shuffled into a room then, thereafter, where they attempted to teach me how to speak in tongues. And this was my first time encountering anything like this. It was kind of, like, weird. But um, no big deal, right? I'd get over the shock because I was saved again. Thank God, I didn't have to think about my past anymore, I mistakenly thought. It's gone. Like 2 Corinthians says five, if 2 Corinthians 5:17, the old has gone, the new is here. That's not what that means actually. But uh, life continued. I went to school, attempted to sell Mary Kay. But I was alone. I didn't have friends. The people at school saw me as like the weird Mary Kay lady. Um, I hadn't realized that you only wear the skirt suit to the appointments. <laughs> So, you know. And the new life with God wasn't really working either. I wasn't feeling like that new person anymore. So I fell back into what I knew. Drinking, smoking weed, and cigarettes. And guess what? You go take a smoke break with other people, you make friends. Well, in the spring of 2011, right when it was about time for me to graduate, I ended up taking a class called Family Stress and Coping. It counted for some credit that I needed, and plus, I was a single mom. With two kids, I could use some help coping. Well, during the class, at one point, we learned about domestic violence and abuse. Wow, I had not known like all that was included in abuse. This um, shook me and forced me to look back at my life And I recognized that four-year relationship that I thought was sprinkled with abuse was actually a four-year-long abusive relationship. A majority of my abuse was verbal and spiritual. And so that was kind of like overwhelming to realize everything that was put on me during that time. And I had all this information, but I had no idea what to do with it. I was still reeling with the shame from um, trying to go to counseling shortly after I escaped. So I graduated without dealing with anything, and life just got harder. One of my children was having a hard time in school, so I couldn't get a full-time job. And I still felt really alone, even though I'd made all these friends. I was using sex, alcohol, and weed in really unhealthy ways. I used them to punish myself, to try and numb myself, but it just didn't work. My anger and bitterness just continued to increase. I hated my life and I hated myself. I was believing so many lies about myself and about God. My soul was leprous and those closest to me were feeling the brunt of my pain. I wasn't present, and I took my anger out on them. And Dr. Ellen L. Gillen says, like leprosy, sin starts out small, but then can spread, leading to other sins and causing great damage to our relationship with God and others. Now the term sin here does not only refer to our own actions that we take against God, but also to other people's actions against us. This was a really heavy time in my life, but I was trying to pretend like everything was fine. But shoving my hurt from my abuse into deep isolation was not working. And I was stuck feeling like nothing would ever change. Until Jesus. I don't, I don't understand it, really. He came at a time when I was in the deepest depression than I had ever been in before. And to top it all off, I had a cold, so that sucked. <laughs> you know, he first came in the form of a man sticking his head outside the passenger side car of a passing car. He called to me, it's gonna be okay. I was sitting in my car, you know, feeling low, and I'm like, "Uh, no, I'm fine, I got a cold. But uh, he repeated it, it's going to be okay. I was like, ugh, that's weird, right? But then, a few months later, there was another glimmer of hope that popped up, like, I went to a lawyer to try to get out of the state of California. And then, shortly, about a year after that man stuck his head out his passenger side window and told me it'd be okay, in August of 2017, I moved to Arizona, and I walked through the doors of Hope Covenant Church. And that's when God said, no more. No more do you have to hide, Aaron. No more do you have to struggle by yourself. No more will you be cloaked in shame. He gave me a new name. Beloved, known, worthy, accepted. Jesus touched my leprous soul and I was pronounced clean. But that wasn't the end of my healing. It was just the beginning. It's only been about six years now. And still today, I am dealing with the detrimental effects of the abuse I incurred. But Jesus is in the process of freeing me from all the lies, all the shame, everything that I believed about myself for so long. All the lies I believed about God. And this includes the labels that the world has tried to put on me and the ones I've given myself. And as I continue to share more and more of my story with others, I'm finding freedom and healing. And I'm also realizing my healing's not just for me. Because I I know I'm not the only one who has been hurt. We all have pain and wounds that run deep. And we have all been sinned against in one way or another. But I'm here to tell you, that Jesus wants to be there with you. He wants to meet you in the midst of your hurt because we all need some kind of healing. But as this man, who I will butcher his name, Sabidi Anyabwili, said, it is not enough to just acknowledge our sin or pain or hurt. We need something or someone who cleanses us before God. We need Jesus, which brings us to the story of the leper. So if you want to open your Bibles and meet me in Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, I'm going to read the Passion Translation. And so I'll read through it, and then as I go through each verse, it'll be on the screen behind me. One day, while Jesus was in a certain city, he came upon a man with, covered with leprosores, when the man recognized Jesus, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and begged to be healed, saying, If you are willing, you could completely heal me. Jesus reached out and touched the man. Of course, I am willing to heal you, and now you'll be healed. Instantly, the leprous sores were healed and his skin became smooth. Jesus said, Tell no one what has happened, but go to the temple priests and show them you've been healed. And to show that you are purified, make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded. You will become a living testimony. So we're going to start looking at the first part of verse 12. One day, while Jesus was in a certain city, he came upon a man covered with leprous sores. That's a shocking statement, in case you didn't know. Just randomly running into a leper in a city typically didn't happen back in that time. Lepers were supposed to stay out of towns. They were cut off from worshiping God and the community of Israel because they were unclean. And we're informed of the consequences of contracting leprosy, which is technically any kind of skin disease. In Leviticus 13:44 through 6, 46. First the priest shall pronounce him unclean. Then, anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt. cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, unclean, unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. So not only were lepers cut off from worship and community, they were labeled unclean. And even worse, they needed to speak this label over themselves. I'm unclean. Can you hear how easily that could translate to, I'm unworthy. It's as though they are proclaiming themselves worthless. And the longer the leper has to cry out, unclean, unclean, the more their identity comes from their uncleanness. But you know, Lepers are not the only ones who get labeled. The world and others will try to label us. And often, we can go right along with it and speak that label over ourselves. Others may say or imply, you're stupid, you're dirty, and you're not good enough. And then, because we have doubts and fear that these things may be true, we repeat the words to ourselves and agree with them they're right. I am stupid. I am dirty. I'm not good enough. And words are powerful. Proverbs tell us that the tongue has the power of life and death. And when people speak negative words over us, it hurts. You know, the old age, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, it's a lie. I used to say it a lot as a child. And, uh, Just kept knowing it wasn't true. And then, when we agree with the negative words and speak them to ourselves, it's even more harmful and detrimental to our very souls. You see, when we do this, we're distorting our view of ourselves, which leads to a false view of God and how God sees us. Verse 12 continues. When the leper recognized Jesus, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and begged to be healed, saying, if you are willing, you could completely heal me. The leper knew Jesus could heal him, but because of his false view of his self and God, he didn't know if God actually wanted to heal him, to make him clean. And just like this leper, God can heal us. But because of the lies we've believed about ourselves and about God, we may either think he won't want to, we don't deserve it, or in my case, that I had to get my act together before he would even think of it. How often do you feel cut off from God and others because you feel dirty, not good enough? or because you feel as though you can't be open about a situation you're in or the hurt that you've experienced. When we keep pain in, it spreads like leprosy in our souls. It's painful, but sometimes it feels even more painful to share. This man, who was covered in leprosy, ugly, oozing, open sores, had to step out of the uncomfortable, yet oddly comforting shadows, go into town where he would have to pronounce himself unclean and others would pronounce him unclean. But the leper decided to risk this painful humiliation once more, because he was done with settling, with being okay in isolation. And when he was expecting condemnation, he was met with love. Verse 13 says, Jesus reached out and touched him and said, of course I am willing to heal you, and now you will be healed. Instantly, the sores were healed, and his skin became smooth." And one reason why I chose the Passion Translation was because it has Jesus saying, of course I will. In this short phrase, I hear the sentiments of, I love you, you matter, I want good for you. Jesus didn't condemn him any further. He touched him in his uncleanness and declared him clean. Man, what Jesus did right here was even more scandalous than the leper coming into town. He touched someone who was unclean. The law said that anyone touching anyone or anything unclean becomes unclean themselves because uncleanness spreads. In Numbers 19.22, it tells us anything that an unclean person touches becomes unclean. And anyone who touches it becomes unclean till evening. So you don't even have to touch the leper. If he touches something and you touch it, well, you're out. You can't worship God. Nope, wait till next day. But instead of Jesus becoming unclean, he cleansed the man, because that's what Jesus does. (sighs) Jesus doesn't didn't only want to physically heal this man. He also wanted to heal him emotionally and mentally. And physical touch is powerful. In psychology today, they say it has been found that touch calms our nervous center, slows down our heartbeat. Human touch also lowers blood pressure as well as cortisol, which is our stress hormone. It also triggers the release of oxytocin, a hormone known for promoting emotional bonding to others. Touch sustains us. And what Jesus did for this leprous man shows what Jesus wants for us. He wants to reach out and touch the ugly parts of your soul that you desperately try to hide and pretend aren't there. Where have you felt the touch of Jesus when you viewed yourself as unclean? If you haven't or can't recall a time, where do you need to feel Jesus' touch? Verse 14 continues, and Jesus gives this man like a really strange to us command. Jesus says, tell no one what has happened, but go to the temple priests and show them, you've been healed. And to show that you are purified, make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded. To get back into Israel's community, the leper had to follow the rules. And Jesus wanted this man fully restored, able to worship God once more and fully participate in his community. And like this man, when God touches our uncleanness and gives us a new name, only the beginning. God has so much more for us than that. We get to be in community. And unlike the leper, we don't have to do anything ceremonially to be in community. But in order to be fully known and fully loved, we need to be open to sharing our life and our pain with others. Because the Christian life isn't meant to be lived in isolation. We need others to speak truth into our lives when we forget, to cry with us when we're mourning, to celebrate with us when we have good news. God desires this for us because he made us this way. And then Jesus ends his conversation to the man with, you will become a living testimony to them. So, not only was the leper cleansed, and able to be received back into Israel's community, but he would also be a living testimony to others. He goes from feeling worthless and forgotten to healed, restored into community, and given a purpose. And the same is true for you. We're not healed for the sake of healing. You're healed so that you can help others heal. Each of you have a story to tell of pain, of heartbreak, and when you finally met or when you meet Jesus, of restoration and healing. Your story matters. Your pain matters. You matter. And whether you can believe it or not, It is true, and you will become a living testimony to others. Now, I hope my sharing of some of my story has encouraged you to be able to risk telling your story. Though doing so does require bringing your pain, hurt, and suffering into the light with God and others and accepting Jesus' healing, which can be really scary and really hard, but it's so worth it. First John 1 7 tells us, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You see, we can't experience the full fellowship with God and others that Jesus lived, died and rose again for us to have when we keep the parts of ourselves that we feel are too ugly to love hidden in the dark and allowing them to fester. Friends, too long have we lived in shame from our sin and pain. Too long have we allowed the world to label us. It's time to come out into the light. It's time to throw off all the lies and accept who Jesus says we truly are. Loved, chosen, accepted. Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, for you and for me. Jesus wants more than what we're settling for, but that requires us to bring our leprosy into the light. Ah, oh, Jesus in this community has brought me so much peace and joy and acceptance, and I just want to say it's available for you. No matter where you're at in life, no matter where you're at in your walk with God, whether you've known him for a long time, for a short time, for the first time, or coming back, you're welcome here. Now, as the band comes up during the closing song. I ask that you sit in this holy moment with Jesus. Go ahead and close your eyes. Can you see Jesus next to you? Jesus, would you show yourself to us? As you allow the Holy Spirit to wash over you, Let him show you where he's working in your life, in your heart. Allow him to show you where he wants to restore you. I also want to remind you at this time that Jesus will never condemn you for being where you are. He will never, ever shake his head in disgust at you. He will lovingly look at you through eyes of mercy and grace and meet you right where you are. So here are some questions that you can ponder during this time. They'll be on the screen. What lies are you believing about yourself or about God? Where do you need further restoration? And what will it look like for you to open yourself to the touch of God Perhaps for the first time or for the millionth time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, our Creator, Sustainer, and Healer, thank you for the freedom that you are inviting us into. Thank you, Jesus, for dying so that we might live and live life to the full. Help us lean into you now, Lord, and accept your healing touch. Surround us with your presence and protect us from any shame that may want to rear its ugly head. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.